No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Yeah. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of the Super Duper Flex Bros. Today is Tuesday, October 20th, and today's show we will be talking about wide receivers that have changed teams, Cam Newton's value after six weeks, the Buccaneers wideouts, my final thoughts on Alex Smith, and the newest rookie to break out in the baby monitor segment. Uh, before we get started, I know we've uh, hit on a lot of charities before in the past we've raised a lot of money i wanted to talk about an item that i just purchased i know the nfl and nfl.com probably doesn't need anybody else promoting any of their their items but i did buy the uh crucial catch vikings um tie-dye hat that's um been uh put out there to help uh raise money for uh charities that support cancer organizations so after i saw robert tanyan get his three touchdowns um, against the, uh, shoot, Sam, help me out. Which, which team was he playing against? Uh, I think the, they're playing against the team that just uh, whooped the Vikings, the Atlanta Falcons. That's right. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, my, my mind doesn't want to think about the Falcons right now. But but after seeing Robert Tanya get those those uh, three touchdown catches and put that tie-dye hat on, I, I knew I had to get one. So this, this hat, it's comfortable. It's wife-approved. It looks badass, and I've gotten several compliments while wearing it. So, um, Sam, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, I, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, this last year I did have a, a close friend of mine, unfortunately, pass away from cancer. So I think the crucial catch, um, just cancer organization, I think that's really cool, the NFL. Uh, like you said, it would be cool to see uh, a portion or exactly what's going to the charity. But I was looking at those hats last night, yeah, uh, they're about 40 bucks and typically hats for like 25. So hopefully at least 10 or more bucks are going to the charity, if not more. Yeah. Uh, but but doing good. I appreciate you taking on uh, some more duties with the show. You've been doing the editing and you've been doing a great job. So I'll let, I'll let you keep doing it. it, it it's been fun. Uh, you were on, on a show last week. I, uh, I listened to it. I got to give those guys uh, some props. I, I really enjoyed hearing the show and your, uh, your tight end take. Um, did you want to talk about your your cardinal that, that got the big catch yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, taking a deep, deep shot. Um, and so last week I was, uh, I pointed out Darrell Daniels, and he did have a big third and short catch uh, last night. It might have been the opening drive or maybe the second drive for the Cardinals. Um, besides that, the Cardinals didn't have to pull out too much um, besides just continuing to run the ball. Um, but yeah, in deeper leagues, check out, uh, Darrell Daniels, if he's floating around out there, especially in tight end premium, um, he's on his third or fourth season. And that's typically when we see tight ends in the NFL breakout. Um, he's only got competition with Dan Arnold who continues to, um, drop passes and, and Dan Arnold was more of a wide receiver coming into that tight end position. But, um, I know the Cardinals just lost another offensive lineman. Um, going into the weekend so all the more reason they need their top um, pass blocking tight end Darrell Daniels out there so um, check it out he, he had a quiet game so he's probably still out there if uh if you would have asked me last night would a player named Darrell Daniels have one or less catches I would have uh, taken the latter so I I gotta gotta give you some props I know he's not your biggest tight end breakout but um, get in a uh, get in a, a target by Kyler Murray in this um, high-powered offense. 
on, on third and short. Um, definitely some uh, some good things to come. So we'll, we'll definitely monitor him. Uh, before we, we move on with the rest of the show, uh, of course, we have to have our last words from the, the guillotine league. So this past week, we, we saw Bo Miller, 47, go down. I uh, reached out to him today and asked if he has any uh, message that he would like to share with the rest of the guillotine leagues out there in the world. And uh, he kept his message short and sweet. He says, spend your fab. So Bo Miller, 47, ended with uh, $90 fab. And uh, it, one of the strategies out there, obviously, is don't don't spend your money right away because then when those um, th- those big names hit the market later on in the season, then you're the one holding all the cash and you can get all those players. But it's uh, it's kind of a game of chicken. So unfortunately, Bo did not win that game, and uh, he will be joining our uh, midseason uh, guillotine league. So he can uh, he can try to live on. But Bo, I'm I'm sad to see you go. But uh, we're, we're happy that you, you joined this uh, uh, second guillotine league. Yeah, yeah, spending your fab, I'd say if you're in a guillotine league, if you're holding on to 90%, uh, don't be afraid to spend that on a player, especially if it's a superstar that's already had their bye week. If it's one of the, if, if for some reason DeAndre Swift is out there now or if any of the Packers, uh, go out there and spend your fab. That's that's what I did. I got eliminated from both of our charity leagues pretty early, and in both of those, um, I kind of held my fab a little too long too. So good good words of wisdom, short and sweet. I like it. Yep. This uh, this past week in one of our guillotine leagues, I had um, Elvin Kamara on by, so I went out and spent most of my fab on Kyler Murray and um, uh, Alexander Madison. Madison did not pay off, um, and I actually. Um, traded uh, Kamara right before kickoff last night for Zeke Elliott. So in, the, in this other team league, we do allow trades. The owner, um, a.k.a. Meatpaz, was uh, the owner of Ezekiel Elliott, and he had already won that week. So he was um, nice enough to do that trade. So I had a uh, what I thought would be a running back one last night. He ended up dropping the ball and uh, did not pan out as a running back in here but i still survived so no complaints there but just going back to one of our previous shows about building those good trade partners um when i when i sent meat pause that that offer he he said he just needed a couple minutes to look it over and uh camara's looking like the the christian mccaffrey in in 2020 so i, I think that was kind of an, an easy trade for him to accept but um like like we've said you got to build those those good trade partnerships so uh Again, for that trade, I'm, I'm hoping that that, uh, that that pays off for you with with Camaro now that he's he's off his bye and he'll he should be on your team uh, the rest of the year. So, any uh, any closing thoughts on guillotine leagues? Yeah, we've got the uh, last dance guillotine league. It's going to be the last one um, on the season. We've got four open spots. It's just a 12 man, uh, 50 bucks to play. Half the dues it's going to that organization, Food for the Hungry, to get fresh water to families in Africa. Um, so if you are interested and you haven't played in any guillotine leagues, reach out. Um, otherwise, we'll continue to extend invitations to teams as they are eliminated. All right. And a couple of wide receivers you wanted to touch on tonight. Yeah, not necessarily the names. Uh, everybody's heard me talk about Diggs. 
not too much to say about DeAndre Hopkins. I still think he's top five in Dynasty, even though we're seeing a lot of these young guys uh, break out. He's just really established himself over the years as uh, a guy you can plug in. Even on a quiet game like last night, he still took one catch for 60 yards. Um, I really thought he was going to score a touchdown on that and wouldn't be a, a matchup in a different league, but that's for another conversation. But what I wanted to kind of put to bed was the thought that um, wide receivers that change teams can't continue to produce. Um, so I mentioned Diggs. He's a wide receiver one right now. Hopkins is also a wide receiver one. Um, there's a lot of people that thought that Christian Kirk was going to uh, potentially outscore Hopkins or it would be more of a 50-50 split between those guys for the valuable targets. Uh, we're seeing both those guys be productive. And then, of course, Diggs is continuing to get peppered with targets. But uh, you and I were talking about this off-air. We saw Amari Cooper get traded to Dallas a couple of seasons ago, and he continued to produce at that boom-bust wide receiver one rate. So this is more just to make a note um, in the in the off-season. So if you can um, extend your memory out a few months um, going into the off-season, if we see any of these wide receivers change teams, don't be afraid. If you think they're talented, don't don't buy the narrative that uh, wide receivers aren't able to produce immediately with their new team. Because I think we need to start looking at some of the more the more recent stars that have uh, joined other teams. And more often than than not, I think that they're coming in, they're practicing with the quarterback in the off season, and they're just talented enough that they can come in. I mean, we saw Amari Cooper like his first week with the Cowboys. Um, put up a huge a huge week so I, I think that's a narrative that um, if people in your league are buying it then use that uh, opportunity as a chance to to buy low this next off season. yeah well said and I think uh, it, depending on on the season or the, the, the part of the season where if you're able to trade one of these these younger guys like a uh, CD Lamb or um, DK Metcalf or Justin Jefferson and and upgrade to one of these elite um, wide receivers that you got you got to take advantage of that opportunity as well so I think a lot of people have seen wide receivers have uh, such a, a great breakout season for the first six weeks and they're getting a little bit excited and I think it's kind of a competition of of who can love these players uh, more than the next person because I've seen a lot of rankings that have CD Lamb or DK Metcalf as the the wide receiver one in, in fantasy right now um, let's not forget that Although um, DK Metcalf is, is uh, has the the wide receiver one numbers this year, he is still um, playing next to Tyler Lockett. This is a defense that is missing a lot of uh, a lot of stars, and uh, they've talked about Antonio Brown possibly coming in. So if the next season, if that defense kind of uh, picks up where where it used to be, and uh, um, uh, Russ isn't isn't cooking quite as much we could see Metcalf drop off a little bit so I, I love Metcalf as a player but I think calling him the number one wide receiver in, in dynasty might be a little too bold right now yep yeah and two two wide receivers to keep an eye on Allen Robinson and Will Fuller I believe they're both in their final years of their contracts and uh, we've we've seen them be productive with different quarterbacks so those are the kind of guys that we're looking at next season if they do get a contract with a different team um, they could go out and produce. Absolutely. And um, not, not even an elite wide receiver, but just a very good wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders, who I believe is 34 this year. Um, I think he's played with five or six different quarterbacks in, in, that, in the past uh, 
uh, two or three years. And that, that's a guy who comes in and he, he puts up a handful of wide receiver one and consistent wide receiver two and three numbers. So um, when, when somebody else is thinking that a player like Hopkins or Diggs because they're going to hit age 27 soon or hit their late 20s, definitely go out and, and jump. If you can get a uh, package or uh, yeah, package a younger receiver or trade a first or multiple first to get an elite guy who's going to end as, as a top 10 wide receiver for the next three to four years, definitely go out and do that. Uh, the, the next guy I wanted to talk about, this is a, a player that we started the season on uh, separate sides on and uh, interested to hear your take on this, but Cam Newton, the, the quarterback for uh, the Patriots right now, currently ranked the uh, quarterback 18 in Dynasty. He had success against the Dolphins and Seahawks in the week one and two, only had 12 fantasy points in week three against the Raiders, missed week four against the Chiefs with COVID. They had their, their bye week last week, and then this, this past weekend, um, week six against the Broncos, Cam went 17 of 25 for 157 yards and two interceptions, um, along with that rushed for 76 yards and one touchdown for 18 fantasy points. Um, so this is the same Broncos defense that gave up 300 yards and three touchdowns to Brady earlier the season, just to compare um, how, how another QB1 did against them. And uh, the next three of four games include the 49ers, the Bills, and the Ravens. Um, so this this season already, he has averaged 22.86 uh, points per game, um, which puts him at quarterback 13 on the year, um, if you're averaging things out since since Kansas uh, missed a game and they had, had their bye. Um, so he would fall right in between Jared Goff at quarterback 12 and Tom Brady at uh, quarterback 14. Earlier this year, I said I had to see him be productive through the first half of the season before dubbing him a QB1 again in in, uh, in fantasy. So the jury is still out for me. But, Sam, do you believe Cam will finish above or below his QB13 ranking by the end of the season? Yeah, um, assuming health, which we can never do. Um, but I, I think Cam's out there to make a statement. And, yeah, he had a, he had a rough game coming back off COVID. But I do think he still finishes as a as a QB one, assuming he's he's out there. And I mean, that's probably a 50 50 shot. But yeah, what what the heck? We've seen crazier things happen. So Cam staying healthy, it might not be too crazy. Yeah. Um, earlier this year, I went back and I, I pulled up stats and uh, some numbers of uh, a former number one pick, Michael Vick, and compared his age 31 season. Um, so go back and give, give that a listen if you're curious to hear about the, the comparisons. But like I said, the, the jury is still out for me. Um, that, that first two weeks that he had, especially that game against Seattle, um, that, that shootout where I think the game ended up being um, 42 to 35 or, or something extremely high like that, um, like his, his old self. So uh, a bad weekend for Cam, but I'm curious to see how he, he rebounds these next two or three weeks. Um, so another group of wide receivers that we need to talk about is the, the Bucks wide receivers. This past weekend, we saw the Bucks completely dominate the Packers 38 to 10 after starting the game 0 to 10. Godwin had five catches for 48 yards. Evans had one catch for 10 yards. Tyler Johnson had one catch for a seven-yard touchdown. Shout out to Tyler Johnson, by the way, for representing Minnesota. And Scotty Miller, one catch for six yards. Gronk had five catches for 78 yards and touchdown. 
So Brady finished the game with 17 completions for 166 yards and two touchdowns. The Bucks' backfield combined for 32 carries and 150 yards. So that, that's 150 rushing yards compared to the 166 receiving yards on the team. I think this is going to be what an average Bucks game looks like for the rest of the season. They want to get the lead and uh, run the ball while sprinkling in some play action with Brady. As far as fantasy goes for these wide receivers in 2020, I don't think Evans or Godwin will come close to finishing inside top 10. Mike Evans is currently um, the wide receiver 18 on the season, and Chris Godwin is wide receiver 78. I know this might not be that bold of, of a take because they have both dealt with their fair share of injuries this season, but if you took Godwin at, at the end of the first round in a startup dynasty league, or Mike Evans in the second, you have to be disappointed right now. Sam, is there any hope for these wide receivers this season, or are you joining me in the doom and gloom in Tampa? <laughs> um, when you're going over those stats and everything, it kind of reminded me of a team we've seen this last decade that, that kind of did similar things where the ball was spread around, and it was the New England Patriots, um, and they had Tom Brady there as well. So I think if, if you zoom out to uh, what Brady used to do in New England, uh, if you swap out uh, Gronk for Mike Evans, that that's kind of how I'm leaning. I, if I have Mike Evans, I'm playing him every week, just like I would have played Gronk in years past. Um, besides that, I mean, Ronald Jones is hot right now too. Um, so you can, you can plug him in as well. But besides that, uh, I want no piece of the other running backs. Of course, um, tight ends, they're distributing those targets around, even with OJ Howard out. And then uh, of course the, the wide receivers, you have no idea, um, who, who you're going to see be productive outside of Mike Evans, uh, being the red zone threat that Gronk used to be. So that, that's kind of my thoughts on, on the box. So for the most part, I'm just avoiding it because, their defense, uh, they, they showed probably what their ceiling is this week against the Packers, which it's a it's a really high ceiling. I think they can put a lot of pressure on other teams. And I think Brady's more than comfortable just kind of running off the clock once they're up double-digit scores in the second half so he can just kind of rest his arm and uh, get ready for the postseason run. Do you remember off the top of your head who led the league in uh, passing yards last year? Uh passing yards but yep. Mahomes or Lamar Jackson it was James Winston oh that's right that's right yeah so, yeah, so we've, we've seen things kind of change a little bit now <laughs> yeah I, I I think I think you're right this this looks like a Tom Brady offense so not only are you seeing the um the receiving yards of, of this combined team drop because they went from James Winston to Tom Brady but this is the, um, an offense that is also going to run through passing the ball to the running backs and passing the ball to the tight end. So that brings all of their ceilings down. Um, to me, I think Chris Godwin is going to be this year's Juju Smith-Schuster, where um, a lot of people were very excited to take him um, in, in the early part of, of startup drafts. And just with uh, the ball being, being spread around, uh, we've, we've seen a Pittsburgh where Juju's kind of uh, disappeared when they, they don't really need him. Um, a, a player that, that I mentioned briefly that um, that we don't really have anything thing planned to talk about, but I, I got to talk about Tyler Johnson. So seeing him um, get that receiving touchdown from, from Tom Brady, he absolutely dominated um, with the, the Minnesota Gophers last year. And uh, one of his wide receivers that he compared to was Adam Thielen because he's a, he's a big slot guy. Um, so if, if, if he can continue to make those, those catches from, uh, from Brady – 
and uh, build that rapport. I think I think Tyler Johnson is somebody that you can either add in Dynasty, which I know I did in, in one of our leagues that he was dropped in, or you probably don't have to trade that much for him. So are you are you interested in buying Tyler Johnson? Uh, I, I love the story. I think in a lot of my Dynasty leagues, I'm, I'm pretty deep at wide receivers, so he's not really someone I'm prioritizing. And we just got done saying we want to stay away from those pass catchers. I, I think Brady's going to be out there the next year or two. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you can, if you can toss a third or a fourth for him, go, go for it. If you've got room on your bench, especially if you've got a taxi squad, you can plug him into, uh, but besides that, I'm, I'm, uh, not prioritizing Tyler Johnson at the moment. Yeah. I think, I think more of a, uh, a throw in piece for me. So this past weekend, I think, uh, if you have Tyler Johnson on your taxi squad, you're probably uh, pretty excited and not looking to give him up, but once, uh, um, Godwin and, and Evans and, and Scotty Miller are all um, close to 100% healthy, then I think Tyler Johnson probably goes back to the bench. So maybe in, in three or four weeks, if you're if you're talking trades with um, the owner of, of Tyler Johnson, try to get him thrown in at, at the end of the trade. Um, but some some other receivers that I had that are right around where uh, Mike Evans is this year is Robert Woods, Chase Claypool, Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, and Keenan Allen. Would you um, prefer to have Mike Evans, or would you take one of these other uh, wide receivers listed? Yeah, and Dynasty, DJ Moore, of course. And then I think Keenan Allen's going to get more um, consistent targets. Uh, same thing with, with Tyler Lockett. I'm real, I've am i got Lockett in a handful of leagues. I'm excited. He's had some quiet weeks, and that's usually the, the calm before the storm before we see one of those multi-touchdown games. So I think we've got something big coming for Tyler uh, Tyler Lockett. Um, as teams prepare to try to shut down DK Metcalf. Um, but yeah, I'd say most of those guys actually, I, I did do that trade. I've, I've mentioned a few times right before the rookie draft this year, I, I traded away uh, Mike Evans for the one four in the rookie draft. So I could grab Tua. Um, it's looking good right now. We'll see how Tua does in a week when uh, the dolphins are on the field again. But yeah, I think, I think Mike Evans is his ceiling is capped. Yeah, I, uh, I I'm I'm very excited to see what what Tua has has cooking. Um, I'm I'm two and four in the league with uh, Lamar Jackson on a bye, and then after that bye week, I'm going to have the uh, Lamar Jackson and, and Tua stack. So if if Tua is everything that uh, he's been hyped up to believe, then maybe we'll see see that team go on a run and uh, get into the playoffs here. So um, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm pumped to see uh, see how Tua does here. Well, the uh, the last. Uh, segment I want to talk about was our AB monitor. The rookie of the week last week, we talked about Chase Claypool. Uh, before the Clyde, before Clyde Edwards Alaire went to Kansas City, dynasty experts and players were between two running back prospects. One of them was, of course, Jonathan Taylor, but the second one uh, was not Clyde Edwards-Alaire. All of the hype was actually between uh, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. However, when Swift was drafted to the Lions, fans quickly wanted to lump him in with being another Detroit running back bust. With the signing of Adrian Peterson just days before kickoff and a DeAndre Swift leg injury in training camp, Swift was getting moved down rookie rankings. After this past weekend, Super Duper Flex Bros would like to congratulate DeAndre Swift for officially breaking out against the Jaguars with 14 carries 
for 116 yards and two rushing touchdowns to go along with three receptions for seven yards. Two things that caught my eye in this game is Swift finally getting moved into that goal line work. First, when uh, Detroit was at the two-yard line, they actually handed Swift the ball three times in a row instead of bringing AP in to get the, the short yards touchdown. They actually cut to AP on the sideline, and he was he was looking kind of confused, that not uh, understanding why, why he wasn't out there. Um, so that was cool to see. Secondly, seven yards isn't that impressive in the receiving game, but the fact that he saw four targets gives fantasy owners hope that he has um, workhorse potential and could become a top five running back in Dynasty someday. With the recent news of, of Bell getting signed by the Chiefs, I don't think it's unfair to view Swift as a more valuable piece in Dynasty. Currently ranked as RB15 in the Dynasty community, DeAndre could make Swift work of the competition ahead of him. Oh, I like it. Yeah, uh, looking at DeAndre Swift's stats right now, we all remember that week one touchdown drop Um, I was watching that with my future brother-in-law, who's a huge Detroit Lions fan. And and I told him after that drop, he's he's not dropping any touchdown passes ever again. Um, And his his hands have definitely gotten better just over the weeks. He's one of the best pass-catching running backs we've seen coming into the NFL in years. Uh, But one thing I want to point out, he's already had 16 catches uh, between these five games. So if you're looking at about three catches per game, that's going to put him somewhere around the 50-catch range, which is... RB1 uh, material right there if he gets limited um, carries. But like you said, he's getting those uh, red zone carries already as well. And his most targets actually came in week one and two where he got five targets. So look for him to get more than five targets and somewhere between that like 12 to 15 carry mark like he had this last week. So I'm I'm excited, you know, I'm excited. I just did a trade for him. Um, In a few dynasty leagues, I sold him high, I, I traded him. Um, in a tight end premium league to get George Kittle. And then I bought him low. I traded uh, Singletary and Zach Moss for DeAndre Swift in, uh, in one of our dynasty. Yeah, he's, he's a player I've been moving on and off of, and I was able to get a piece of him before uh, things got a little too expensive. So he's one of those guys, like you and I talk about buying high. If you got to pay up for him and the, the owner is still opening those messages, go out and pay up for him because um, he's, he's looking like the next Camaro. Yeah, uh, he's, he's currently still a, a one-two punch with, with AP, as long as Adrian Peterson is, is still there. I'm curious to see where, where AP goes for the next decade of his career. But uh, when, when the game was already out of hand and the Lions were in, in the red zone again, they had Kerryon Johnson out there, run a wheel drop, um, ended up being wide open. And he, he, he just he dropped the ball. So uh, we saw in the Dynasty League, carry on Johnson get traded for a third-round pick, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. And then um, he actually that got dropped in that same league this past week. And then I, I picked him up for $22 of fab. And, and I got to say, after picking him up for $22, I, I overpaid. I think uh, I think Carryon Johnson is definitely done, done in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, he might he might get a few carries here and there, but for the most part, I, I agree. I think I think Swift is the guy to own. Yep. So congratulations, DeAndre Swift. We're proud of you. You're everything that uh, that we hoped you would be. Um, the sky's the limit for this guy. Any uh, any closing thoughts before we get out of here? No. I, like I said, appreciate you hosting the show, 
And until next time, keep it flexy.